Welcome to Canucks After Dark. Here are your hosts, Parker Hallowell and Clay Emo. Good evening, Vancouver, and welcome to the number one Montreal Canadiens podcast on the West Coast. Wow, what a night. Uh, My name is Parker, you know me as Parker's Pucks, and you are listening to Canucks After Dark, which hit number one in Taiwan, number one in Hong Kong on the hockey podcast charts this week, which is pretty cool. Uh, This is a weekly show we do every Monday night at about 10 o'clock talking about the Vancouver Canucks and other stuff going on around the NHL. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, the one and only Canuck Clay Emo. How are you doing after that hockey game tonight? Uh, Parker, thank you for the intro. I'm fine. I actually didn't really have a dog in the fight. I, I'm not one who want who wishes ill will on Toronto Maple Leafs players, organization, coaches, or fans. But I must admit, as Montreal kept winning games, getting their way back in the series, uh, I, I I had a feeling it was white knuckle time for for Toronto for sure. And uh, that game, basically, as soon as Montreal got out of the first period, uh, tied zero zero. I, I knew that. No, I didn't know, but. That kind of went the way I, I kind of expected, and uh, yeah, I whoever whoever won, I just want Winnipeg to roll through them. But I know we'll talk about that a bit later. <laughs> yeah, I was at that point. I was expecting like it was three one. I'm like, yeah, okay, everyone's gonna be like, oh, it's three one, and then the Habs won and forced you know game six. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, but like, there's no way, right? And then yeah. and yeah. then I'm on, I'm on the golf course the other day, and I get a notification: Habs win. Like, oh, okay, game seven. <laughs> but there's no yeah. way they win game seven, too, right? No but, way. But no. here we are. Uh, and uh, wow. It was just, I'm for the playoffs this year, I'm sort of just on team chaos. Uh, so any <laughs> every bit of chaos, and this was the most chaotic thing possible. Uh, and that was uh, that was great for me. But also, uh, everyone in YouTube, of course, we see you guys all live. We see you all uh, blowing up the chat. Uh, which is yep. great to see. Uh, you can leave your comments all throughout the show. We'll have them open. We can see them. Uh, we'll we'll shout some of you guys out as we go. Uh, you can find all of our stuff in the links in the descriptions. If you're listening to the podcast afterwards, it's all linked there as well. Uh, but yeah, basically, other than that, um, I guess let's just get into the show. Where do you want to go first today? Well, I just want to clarify. Did you say we were number one in Taiwan and number one in Hong Kong? We hit both. Yeah, uh, we hit one on, I think, Tuesday and one on Wednesday. Well, and I know, I know, and, and all joking aside, I, I I know that we both check these charts daily because it's, it's interesting. It is interesting. We actually did our best. We had our best week in Canada. We stayed in the 50s, 60s, as opposed to dropping off to 288. We stayed in the 50s and 60s range, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on it, our 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 podcast version of the show got about 30 percent more listens than any of our previous episodes. So it was very cool to see wow. the growth, a uh, bit of increasing. We had the one guy from Australia said he'd see if he could get us on the Australian <laughs> charts. He did. Uh, so. All in all, wow. a, a good week for for Canucks after dark, I'd say. Yes, yeah, so we're very grateful to everyone who watches live, watches later, listens later. No, it's a lot of fun, and we, being in episode eight, that means we're two months in, and no signs of slowing down. Even though we got no team to talk about, but that's okay. Um, we, we make it work. There's things happening. This is a busy yeah. week, right? We've got uh, we got Pod Cole's new sign. We have the draft lottery this Wednesday. That's two days from now, right? That's a yeah. that's a big night. Um, hopefully, I better start learning about some prospects. <laughs> exactly the same here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if everything goes right, maybe we have an emergency episode on Wednesday night to talk about the number one overall pick, but probably not. Yeah, let's let's do that. If if we win 
first or if we win any of the two lottery draws first or second then yeah maybe we should pop on at 10 for maybe half an sure. hour just to, just to cheer and pat each other on the back have a, have a good time absolutely yes um i guess then the best place to start is probably with the canucks because uh yeah i mean you know this is canucks after dark i guess uh and i <laughs> i guess the biggest news coming out of vancouver a couple things came out uh but probably the biggest one is yeah pod colson will be here next year and uh and Hopefully he'll be a, a staple in the lineup and hopefully never leave. Yes. Uh, yeah. So let's break this down a little bit. Jim Benning hinted at this on the Donnie and Dolly show on Friday. And he said, he basically said, we're going to sign him by June 1st because, you know, there's certain deadlines that every different leagues, different transfer windows, blah, blah, blah. But it, it got out there that by June 1st, they had to file the contract with the league with central registry, CR, as people call it, people that are much cooler than us. But yeah, they filed the contract. And if June 1st was the deadline, we knew it was going to either be announced Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. Rick Dollywell tweeted out Saturday night. Canucks introduced it, uh, officially announced it Sunday morning. And once you go through the details, three years, right? A typical ELC? Yeah, I think it's the standard sort of thing. So obviously, uh, first round draft pick in 2019. So a couple years Mm -hmm. ago, 10th overall. Um, And like you mentioned in one of your tweets, he was going into the year, going into the 2018-19 season. He sort of was the consensus, like number three guy. Uh, and then he sort of using cackle exactly yeah and then he sort of dropped off but uh he has i mean he's been playing in the khl if we look at his contract details so it's the standard whatever 900 and something k um you know partially based mostly or a little bit of signing bonus uh he gets the Mm -hmm. full performance bonuses so if he's able to max those out that's another 850k potentially on the cap um, okay. Which I mean, best case scenario that happens, right? <laughs> like those, that's money. Yeah. That's money. They where they'd be pretty excited to pay if he's going and, and hitting all of those bonuses. But uh, pretty standard deal for a guy coming out of the KHL. Uh, he's had some ups and downs. Um, I'd yeah. say this the regular season was mostly downs for him, uh, yeah. but he came through in the playoffs, and uh, that's something you can't say about some players in the in, <laughs> in uh, across the the country there. For sure. And before we even talk about uh, what, where we project him to play and how he's going to play and who he's going to play with. Parker, if I may, I just want to spend a couple minutes talking about it. I was blessed to be at that 2019 draft. It was two days, obviously Friday night, Saturday. I remember it vividly because the Friday was June 21st. The Saturday was June 22nd, my birthday. But then in between the two drafts, um, I volunteered at my son Sean's after grad. So I didn't sleep. I actually went to the draft. Then I went to Sean's after grad. I dealt blackjack and roulette. And then, and then we went home, showered, and we got in the car and went to day two. But day one, what was crazy is you're right. He was pegged as, as high as number three going into that year and even in that spring. And then he started to drop, drop, drop. All these U.S. national development team players, you know, U.S. development team players started to rise. And, and then when it came to number 10, Zegras was picked number nine. So then there was Todd Colson still on the board, Caulfield, Spencer Knight, Cam York, Matthew Boldy. So then Stan Smeal goes up, and I know you know this, he completely – butchers pod Colson's name or maybe he was excited to welcome all the fans in vancouver but it, it came out as vasilia pod slovens like yeah who's it, it was a bit of a, a bit of a miss there <laughs> and then the biggest thing i want to talk yeah. yeah yes there you go and what i really want to talk about is, is the crowd reaction because i cheered because i i don't know a lot about process but i knew he was highly regarded there was a lot of booing i even posted some footage from it and a lot of just Oh, like almost a, a exasperation or a buzz because people did not know what to think of it. I think some people, Parker, knew that he'd still have two years to do in Russia, but there's only a few guys from that draft class who've already made an impact two years in. So I think that was a um, 
worth waiting for, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And I just, I pulled up, I was curious just to sort of validate yeah. this. I have a, I have a sports article by uh, Sam Cosentino, who's a prospects guy over there uh, and his mm-hmm. rankings. This is from October, 2018. So the start of that 18, 19 season. Uh, and he had yep. a number two, uh, he had kind of wow. number five. Um, yep. but yeah, like he was, he was Who do you have three, be, four, who do you have three, four, uh, cousins and then doc. Oh, interesting. Okay. But yeah, like he was, he was supposed to be, you know, the guy. And then he goes into that, you know, 18, 19 season and yeah. didn't really impress going into sort of the MHL or whatever that sort of second tier, um, yeah. in, in Russia is. Um, but I mean, I, I'm excited. I, again, we, we keep getting so lucky with prospects. So I'm a little hesitant to be like, oh, he's going to be, he's going to be just like Hoaglander and Hughes and Pedersen and Besser and, and everyone who we bring in just happens to be top six or top four right away. Um, I'm a little hesitant to do that, but I think the Canucks really need uh, a guy on his entry level contract to be able to at least have top nine minutes, right? That's a huge yep. hole that the Canucks have. And if they want to compete for the playoffs next year, uh, that's a piece that they need. Yes. And we've heard a lot of good things. We've heard about his compete level. We've heard about how responsible he is defensively, how he wins puck battles, not the best skater ever, not the best finisher ever, but it's interesting. Um, I, I remember Chris Faber a year ago saying Hoglander and Puckles, and they, they kind of profile the same way. Hoglander is more effective in the offensive zone. Podkolzin is more effective in the defensive zone. So if he has anywhere close to the same impact that Hoglander had, I think we're going to be very happy. Yeah, and it's a big, uh, it's sort of a flash versus just like a bulldog mentality, right? Hoglander yes. has like the the sort of higher end skill, like the hands, and the, and he makes the yes. fun nifty plays. Podkolzin just says, that's my puck. I'm going to come <laughs> take it from you at any cost. And yeah. That's such a fun, like, that's the sort of player that everyone in the city can get behind, right? Like, that's your standard hustle guy who's just going to go, he's going to work, and he's going to skate constantly. You watch the you watch the kid skate, and he's yep. just, like, it's not a very efficient stride. Like, his feet kind of come up with every stride, but they're always going as fast as they can. Right. Uh, so, at that point, it's just like, look, if this, I mean, if he, his skating gets a little bit more efficient, it's not like he's a bad skater, he's just not super fast, but he's just yep. always go. Which is uh, yeah. which is entertaining. I just had a thought. I've never seen any footage of you doing anything athletic, but I, I know you're an athletic guy. I know you're a good golfer. I know you've played sports. You know that I like to play sports, even though I'm I used to be twice your age before last weekend. <laughs> I have a feeling if we played hockey, you'd be like a Hoglander, and I'd be like a Pod Colson. I, I just have a feeling. Like I could see you being pretty skilled and pretty flashy. Yeah, no, I'm very much more Pod Colson-y, I think. <laughs> oh, I uh, okay. I don't. I, my hands aren't great, but I'm always first in the corner. That's it's okay. my. So I'm, I'm the Tyler Mott. Okay. <laughs> okay. And that, I guess that makes me Jay Beagle, unfortunately. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. We better not talk about that anymore. I'm getting sad. And I did want to mention just sort of his stats from this year, right? So he goes in and, he, and he's playing for, I mean, like sort of the premier organization, basically one of the two premier organizations in the KHL, uh, Scott yep. St. Petersburg. Uh, and he basically just got buried in the lineup, right? He was playing, either he was either scratched or he was playing eight minutes a night or 11 minutes a night, never on the power play, just basically buried on the fourth line. That's sort of how Russia treats their young players, especially when they're young players who are leaving Russia. They don't care yeah. about his development all that much, right? Uh, they want to yeah. win. They want to win hockey games. So uh, yeah. he played 35 games. Keep in mind. Almost no minutes across those. Uh, five goals, six assists for 11 points. But then they get to the playoffs, and hmm. 
again, he played 16 games instead of the 35 he played in the regular season, also had 11 points. So he was six goals, five assists in 16 games uh, in the playoffs, which is really good in the KHL. That's that's the, you know, it's the second best league in the world. Uh, and yeah. he's out there putting up really solid playoff numbers uh, for one of the best teams in the league. So what you're saying is when he starts with us in October, we should tell him it's the playoffs already. Yes. Well, the okay, Canucks are going to need to treat the whole season like the playoffs if they're going to make it. Um, <laughs> I think I don't think that's much of a stretch to say. Yeah. So where do you think, in your opinion, where do you think Podkolzin slots in or has an opportunity to slot in? I think he's probably going to start on that third line. Um, actually, mm-hmm. I could, I mean, I could see, I mean, I'm sure in like preseason, he'll get like a shot with the big guys, right? Like maybe right. they'll go like Patterson, Besser, Pod Colson, uh, or something like yeah. that, just to, just to try it uh, in the preseason. But yeah. I mean, if you can put him on the third line um, with whoever uh, <laughs> really, uh, and just see if he's able to elevate that line, right? Because that the Canucks yeah. sort of third line has been like, oh, we want to have some sort of offense, and it's like, yeah, but there's actually no one offensive uh, down there. So if he has the at least you know the foot speed uh, and the work ethic to maybe bring that line up to be an actual scoring third line potentially, that would be a mm-hmm. nice addition. Uh, but I I yeah. I worry about sticking him with you know a. a Brandon Sutter and just having sort of everything go to die there. My gut feeling is as much as this might be a line two or three years down the road, we're not going to see Horvat between Hoglander and Pod Colson and then Pearson on the third line. I actually think Pod Colson and Hoglander are going to fight for the same spot, which is fine. You want competition because I, I simply don't see Travis Green dressing a, a sophomore and a rookie with our captain on the second line. So maybe it's Horvat, Pearson, and then one of Hoglander or Puckles, and you're exactly right. So then if he drops to the third line, you know, I would love to see him on one side, Tyler Mott on the other side, and then you're but who goes in the middle? You mentioned Sutter. Does he resign? Does Travis Boyd come back? Does Gravak Beagle? Yeah, it doesn't look that I want none of that. I want none of those players yeah. on my third line. That didn't uh, sound good, did it? I even even I, I love Tyler Mott. I also don't want Tyler Mott on my third line. That's a problem. Mm. Tyler Mott yep. is one of the best fourth liners in the NHL, I think. But he's yeah, he shouldn't yeah. he shouldn't be on the third line. It's like it's like Brandon Sutter. If you want to bring Brandon Sutter back at a, at a cheap contract, fine. But I never want to see him off of the fourth line. Uh, <laughs> like if if the Canucks have holes, they are that sort of three C and then a a winger, right? Just yes, give us yeah. give us someone else to have some sort of scoring prowess on that third line. Um, yeah. whether that's, I don't know, like an Eric Halla or something mm-hmm. similar, that would be, it'll be interesting to see, uh, especially yeah. with the limited cap space, uh, the Canucks have going into next year. Um, yeah. obviously Vertanen's out the door, uh, pretty 95% on that. Um, mm-hmm. so they're going to have to, I mean, that'll free up some money that they can use to maybe find someone to fill that gap, but, um, yeah. It's going to be a, a tightrope for uh, for Jim to walk to uh, to fill this lineup out. And you make a great point, though, about Pod Colson. He doesn't have to win the Calder Trophy, but if he performs well, then you're looking at five straight years of, of good rookies, right? Starting mm-hmm. with Besser, Pedersen, Hughes, Hoglander, and then Pod Colson. That's pretty good. Now, of course, that means our actual prospect pool isn't that good because as soon as we have someone good, we, we don't rush them, but they're mm-hmm. good enough because we've been yeah. picking so high, they're good enough to get in the lineup. So it's kind of like a catch-22. You read an article in The Athletic that says, you know, our prospect pool isn't that good, but then you, you 
at the same time, you read one that says the drafting has been really good in the past three or four years. So, uh, you know, it's it's one or the other. And hopefully, Podkolz and sticks. You're right. Uh, third line. I can't wait to see what he can do. Yeah, and I think that's sort of the biggest thing is the Canucks are they're able to get sort of the occasional hits in the draft where you get like high end talent that are able to graduate yeah. to the NHL. But the problem is what what you see is what you get, right? After Pod Colson, who do the Canucks have that's like waiting in the wings to come up? I guess whoever's picked this year. But you know, if we're looking at ninth overall, potentially ninth or tenth overall, yeah, they don't always they're not always the next year. They might be the year after next sort of thing, right? Yes. Like um yeah. and you want to really maximize I mean, if the Canucks want to compete in two years, a guy like Pod Colson and whoever is drafted this year are going to be your two guys on entry-level contracts that mm-hmm. are going to be the big things, right? Like, it would, I think Hoaglander would still be as well, right? So if two, yeah. year, two years from now, I guess the season yeah. after this next one, in theory, you would have Pod Colson, Hoaglander, and this year's first pick all on entry-level right. deals. That's your window, <laughs> like... Right, because that's because yes. let's say all let's say you have three players that are all hitting their peak. Right, let's say Hoaglander turns into a really good player and he wants five mil. Let's say Pod Colson wants five. Let's say all of them want five, just to make the math easy. Well, mm-hmm. if they're on entry level contracts, you're saving twelve million dollars, right? Yeah. Instead of yeah. the fifteen that they'd want, that's that's yeah. a whole player if you're competing for a cup. Great point. Yes, and it speaks to that's why you want a guy. You, you know, we, we've talked about high expectations for him. We don't want to make it unrealistic, but Jack Rathbone, same thing. He is mm-hmm. on an ELC next year. Imagine if he develops into a bonafide second pairing guy by the, by the middle of the year on 925 grand. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's free. Like it's, it's such good value. And that's yeah. what a lot of the NHL is. It's maximizing your entry level deals on your good players. Um, yes. it, it just frees up so much cap room for guys who might be worth seven million dollars but are only making one <laughs> i'm just i'm giggling uh someone someone just uh, one of my buddies texted me dangles having a breakdown online you should do the same when benning isn't fired this year and is given 22 23 uh, get those clicks going brother that's my, my friend's <laughs> advice <laughs> yeah that's the that's the thing just always just be extra dramatic it gets people to click uh <laughs> you know I know we're getting this, but it's funny. A lot of the chat, Parker, has been talking about guys like um, Steve Dangle and Hot Take Hockey. And it's interesting. I've been eyeballing the chat. They're kind of asking, do you, do you feel bad for them? But maybe we, we can save that too if we're going to talk about Toronto Montreal a bit more. But that's kind of what people are chatting about in our chat yeah, box right now. I mean, I mean, we've been sad for years. So not <laughs> not that, but I mean, the, the way that they've been doing it, right? Like the, like it's the, it's the build up the hope and then just rip your heart out. That's that sucks for for the the good the good ones, I'll say. Like the Steve Dangles, right? Yeah. Like clearly yeah. a really good guy. And it's like that really right. sucks. But also, yeah. that's sports. Sports sucks sometimes. Um, yeah. you know, we've been through our fair share of pain and uh and we've been trolled on the internet because of it. So, yeah. you know, at at some point I uh I I, I don't feel too much guilt uh, dishing a little bit back, I would say. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, they can they can take their... Uh, apparently, Dangle's um, live stream on... because uh, Because he works for Sportsnet, he gets to have the audio on, the sports, on, right? And he doesn't... And on the Sportsnet YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah, so 400,000 views tonight. Yeah, that's crazy. I think I had... <laughs> I think I had like 900. 
800. That's a, well, that's good too. That's great. It's just a, a 500th of what, <laughs> what he did. Um, but that's okay. He's also been doing this, you know, a lot longer than we have. Um, and also yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a Canucks channel mostly. So, uh, yeah, yeah. not, not too upset. Um, Okay, uh, while we're here, uh, I want to give a yep. shout out to uh, another Apple review that came in. Uh, if you guys haven't already, you can go leave a review on Apple Podcasts. All of the reviews have been great. If you leave a five-star review, we'll read it out on the show. Like this one mm-hmm. from HSM Fangirl, who has uh, supported both of our channels pretty well. Uh, yep. Leaving a five-star review, it says, best podcast ever. I'd highly recommend this podcast to anyone interested in Canucks hockey. So thank you very much fangirl uh, and if you're interested in leaving a review like that just go over to apple Podcasts. you might be listening on there right now uh about you know 50 percent of our podcast listeners are uh you can just go oh. with that five stars clickety clack type in a nice review and we'll read it uh here on the show uh um, love it thank you fangirl for that awesome you. review appreciate it thank yeah. you very much what do you want to talk about next do you want to stick with the canucks do you want to go around the nhl where do you want to go why don't we stick with the Canucks until our midway break, and then we'll do um, non-Canuck stuff after the break, if that makes sense. Sure. Let's take 30 seconds to talk about Carl Plasic. Yes. I know nothing. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, me too. Um, I saw I saw a tweet that said that the Canucks are likely to sign Carl Plasic. He was yeah. a sixth-round pick in 2019. Pod Colson draft, just churning out elite players. Yeah. Um, he played in, uh, in the Czech League, I think. Uh, he had... Mm-hmm. 10 points in 44 games this year, which really doesn't sound like a lot, but apparently they see something in him that they really like. Uh, he's a left winger. Uh, basically, probably an AHL body, right? Probably just signing him, bring him over to uh, to Abbotsford next year, get him some games, see if they can develop him. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not like so fired up or anything. It's another body. Uh, which... Right. And then I guess the news, Parker, comes up because of that, I guess that June one deadline we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. right? Like it's got to me. So it's interesting. Um, I don't mind giving the, uh, the van cast some love because we know that, um, you know, and you had a nice trip on them uh, <laughs> <laughs> earlier in the week, seeing that we are ahead of them in Taiwan, or at least we were for that one day, one but day. they, they make it a really good point. They, they actually said that if, uh, so there's news that they're not going to resign Ethan Kep- Kepin, who was the fourth round pick, but with Pod Colson, Hoglander, Carson Falk, Silovs, uh, Plazic, and McDonough, and Arvid Kosmar. They're talking about potentially some of these guys, depth guys, but potentially five to seven guys hitting from the 2019 draft, which is awesome. We've always talked about if you get one, mm-hmm. you should. You, if two's great and three is like a bonus, right? So five or five or six, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, at least, it's at least a good sign they're not giving up on these guys right away, right? Kepin is the, yeah. the outlier, but he. Yeah. Clear. I mean, they they picked Kepin because he basically had carried his terrible team. Uh, that mm. in in one year, the, I think he played for Flint, um, and apparently their their team just their program just isn't very good. But he he carried uh, them okay. to be decent, and then just the following year, he he didn't do the same, uh, and it looked like he sort of fizzled out a little bit. So uh, they took a shot. Gotcha. And if you're picking in the late rounds, I like it. Take a shot, right? Have yep. a sort of high upside guy. Um, don't pick a guy who's like, oh yeah, this guy will definitely be on our AHL team, right? Like that's boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't really mm-hmm. help your organization. You can find a million of those guys. Um, yeah. So if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It is nice to see they're not giving up on all of these people uh, yeah. as well, though. Absolutely. And then I know we've talked a lot about the 2017 draft with Pedersen, Lynn, Gadjevich, Dave Pietro, and Rathbone. And there there could be at least three, if not four guys out of there. It depends mm-hmm. if, if Lind or Gadjevich work out, which we're not sure yet. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. I guess that's I all we can talk about, about, uh, about Plosik, um, if that's sure. how you pronounce his name. Uh, let's go into uh, the Sedins. That was some interesting yes. news that came out this, uh, I don't know if it came out this week, but it got a little bit more play this week, at least that's for sure. Absolutely. And Elliot Friedman uh, was on with Donnie and Dolly, and he's the one who said that, actually it was this morning, he said that potentially their role might be very heavy with the Abbotsford franchise, yet, yet to be named. And that that's a one way for them to really learn the business very quickly, but be in charge of everything, not just on ice player personnel, coaches, but a business model, right? And 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 sponsorship and 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 filling the building. So, baptism by fire for sure. But I do think um the one thing I did want to bring up, and I vlogged about it earlier, is, is Trevor Linden was on a global interview today, and uh, yeah, they asked him hey, any advice for the Sedins, and he was very coy and he's very sharp in what he didn't say. He said uh, they're smart guys; they don't need my advice. They know what they're getting into. They know how the organization. Oh no, they know the lay of the land, and they know how the organization, how that organization works. So, pretty telling stuff there by not saying anything. Yeah, he really, he really tiptoed around that one. Um, and I think <laughs> what's interesting about you know the, this whole Sadines thing, and you mentioned Abbotsford, is it really gives them an opportunity to hit on a bunch of different things, right? Uh, you got to keep in mind there are two of them, which you know that's that's two bodies and. You know, if you do want to have them involved with the Abbotsford team, that doesn't mean you have yeah. to not have them involved with Vancouver. It's an hour away, right? So you can right. send them. Like, you can say, like, hey, today, we don't, you know, if you guys want to go work with the guys, work with some of our prospects in the AHL and do some, like, skills development or whatever, right? Because that's the thing with the Sidians is they can probably do literally anything, right? Like, mm -hmm. there's nothing that they have, they, they haven't succeeded at that they've tried to do. Uh, they're very right. smart people. They're very good hockey players. They could probably still play on this team today. Um, yeah. So if they wanted to go to, you know, go over to Abbotsford, and it's like, hey, we want you to just go work on, you know, our Abbey AHL team power play or whatever it is, right? Um, they can just be sort of your 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 glue guys, your do it all guys. Send them here, send them there, uh, yeah. and they can just, you know, do whatever they got to do. Yes. And we've heard from Elliot Friedman and the likes of Rick Dollywell that they're, the reason why it's taking so long, Parker, is they want to be sure. They want to know what they're getting into. They want to have very clear expectations. They've seen what happened to Lyndon, a, a very, just his beloved character, how he got basically ran out of the organization. And hopefully they can, they can learn from that. And whether it's, it's getting on the same page vision wise, communication wise, I think they want to learn from Lyndon's um, mistakes and the team won't announce anything until they're ready to, and that would imply that Sedins are ready to to actually agree to something, title, responsibilities, all those things. I think it's a good move. Like I, I don't think I don't think the Canucks are doing it. Like it doesn't hurt, but they're not doing it just to bring in two names. It, it sounds like not that they did this with Lyndon, but it sounds like the Sedins are being very intentional and deliberate. Just just like how they kind of played the game. I think they're doing that in the way that they're they're kind of negotiating and agreeing on terms right now. Yeah, and I think, like I said, I think that it's hard to go wrong. With these guys there are a lot of people worried about like oh yeah. it might you know tarnish their reputation if things go sideways but i don't think their role is high up enough to go sideways really right like yeah. if, like yeah. they're not like on an equal plane or like have you know are are overseeing jim betting like trevor linden technically was um yeah. right these are you know they're they're just sort of guys that work for the team right uh which makes them I mean, I don't want to say like not as important, but it makes them not as, um, yeah. you know, not as exposed, not as, you know, 
in danger yeah. of tarnishing a legacy or anything. Like, that's not going to happen. They're going to be guys like Manny Malhotra worked for the team on the bench, right? Yeah. Did he tarnish his legacy? No, we loved him more, right? Like it was. So I, I don't think uh, I don't think it's it's one of those scenarios at all. Mm-hmm. Let's say they only had spot for one of them, just for the heck of it. Do we know enough about the differences in personalities between Henrik and Daniel to be able to pick one? Do you say it's Henrik because he was the captain, because he was kind of more the setup man, so he kind of better vision? Do you say it's Daniel because he was the sniper or at least the better finisher, meaning maybe he can close deals? I, I know I'm stretching here, but we, <laughs> do you have difference? <laughs> I think you take Henrik because I think, I think, I don't know. I, I feel like. I don't I, 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 this is so tough. I get the, the captain thing, right? Like the C was on his Jersey. I guess that means something, even though yeah. they're basically the exact same person. Um, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, Daniel had better finishing. Um, but that doesn't really matter. He's not going to be like the shooting coach or anything. Um, so I don't, it, I don't think it would matter. I think it would be bizarre. Yeah. I, I just want to see them both be the GM of the same team. That would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> like have just co GMs. Cause who knows? May, do they just agree on literally everything in life? Like, do they just always think the exact same thing? And 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 Daniel's like, oh hey, we should uh, let's go trade for this guy. And Henrik's like, oh, I was thinking yeah. the same thing. Yeah, let's. Uh, and yeah. this is our offer. Yeah, it's just like exactly. exactly. Imagine on the same page. Henrik calling up a, like a powerful agent saying we want this guy, and then Daniel calls on the other line and says the exact same thing. It could be like double teaming at its finest. I think yeah. this 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 could go somewhere. Absolutely. Uh, this is it's a flawless plan. Nothing could go wrong. <laughs> Uh, and I think, <laughs> I, I mean, it would be interesting to have co-GMs. Yeah. yeah. So where some would say maybe co-GMs don't do that, we are at the halfway point of our podcast. And Parker, tell the people what that means. Sure. Yeah, of course. We do our segment every week. Don't do that. So if you have any don't do that, put them in the chat. I guess I'll start off. Um, okay. Uh, giving a guy $11 million uh, on a long-term contract who uh, clearly can't perform in the playoffs um, and has shown time and time again that he's it's just not going to happen. Uh, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah I got he, another one. You, yeah, I mean, Keep going. Tra- trading a King's Ransom for Nick Felino instead of Taylor Hall, who was available, and... I think yeah. would have added more to that team and especially a team that couldn't score on Carey Price. Uh, maybe don't do that either. Excellent. Excellent one. I got one. Um, taking penalties when you're playing against the Colorado Avalanche. Don't do that. Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, I was going to say, you know, um, you know, uh, assaulting a guy on the ground, uh, oh, kneeing, kneeing him in the head. Uh, a couple games after hitting a guy in the back into uh, into the post, I would say don't do that. But apparently, it's only worth two games, so maybe it's fine. Maybe you can do yeah, that. That's crazy. Did, it, what do you think the Graves hit? By the way, that premeditated that the Graves hit on Yanmark. Did you uh, see that one? It was a big hit, but I don't yeah. think it was. I don't think it was terrible. I don't think it deserved yeah. the rep. The what came back. I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm shocked they didn't give him three games and just be like, all right, you're done yeah. for the series because Colorado's probably going to sweep you guys uh, with what <laughs> with what we saw yesterday. Because wow, Colorado looks good. Yeah, you know, I almost I almost liked Reeves last summer when even though we were going to play them. I don't know. If, no, it was before the playoffs started or right in the middle. Whatever. But I, I didn't mind him when he was standing up and being the, the the face of the Black Lives Matter movement in the NHL. Like I actually was almost liking him, and then he goes back and he's a goof this year again. It's crazy. Yeah, he's 
it's the yeah it's the same thing for me like off the ice he he seems like a, a good guy like he's fine yeah but then on the ice he's he's you know a, like harming people <laughs> like like you know <laughs> like truly doing terrible things and it's just like okay right. well and it, that's kind of how i feel about brad marchand too like yes. I, I don't like brad marchand he's a you know, he's a rat on the ice and that's that's his personality and that's what he does but off the yeah. ice he's a pretty good guy apparently <laughs> like apparently yeah. he's like a really genuine person but i hate hearing that um yes. i want to hate these people uh but sometimes they do things that you can't and then sometimes they do things that make it you know sort of overshadow uh yeah. the rest of uh the rest of their stuff yeah i almost i almost cheer for marshtan when he plays like for the olympic team or the world hockey championship team or whatever he's a the, good player uh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get fangirl says not giving a five-star review for this podcast. Don't do that. That's a great one. A C edits being socially distanced from the second round of the playoffs since 2013. I don't do that. Well, being socially distanced from the second round and the playoffs since 2004. Uh, don't do that either. Toronto. That's good. That's Toronto. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Inferno running out of ideas for the don't do that segment on Canucks After Dark. Don't do that. No, I think with all you guys, we're, we're going to be okay. You guys can carry and us Luke, on these. Yeah, Lucas saying the Leafs are going all the way. Definitely don't do that. No. Yeah. Uh, and I think, uh, who was that that had that tweet? Um, oh, there was some, oh, I forget who it was. Uh, oh, it was um, Corwin at Bar Down uh, okay. for TSN. He was like, yeah, we're all going to look back. Like, this was yesterday. It's like, we're all going to look back at this and laugh when um, when John Tavares hands the cup to Joe Thornton, is what he said. I did, I did Ooh, see that. Oh, that aged. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't do that. A couple more. Uh, Casey, Peter DeBoer excusing Reeves in the postgame. Don't do that. I agree with that one. That was a yeah. rough look for, for DeBoer there. GL Rebirth picking the Leafs to beat the Habs. Don't do that. Yeah, a lot of people did that. I don't think that was a bad call at the time. I don't think no. that was a bad call before tonight, <laughs> to be yep. honest. Yep. Um, but yeah, no. For sure. You know, thing, things go uh, sometimes. And I, and I like this one from Justin, too. Trying to figure out how the Department of Player Safety determines penalties for suspensions and fines for your own sanity. Don't You're going to end Very up in a, just in a psychotic loop. There's, there's no reasoning. There's just, it's just yeah. confusion all the way down. Well, when the guy who runs the Department of Player Safety owns a clothing brand for which Ryan Reeves was an ambassador at one point, hmm, weird. There couldn't be a conflict yeah. of interest here or anything. I did not know that. Wow. I don't know if it was an ambassador, but there's a picture of Reeves wearing a violent gentleman shirt and like Peros right. had like a tweet or something or like a blog post on their website talking about how good of a person he was uh, or something yeah. like that. So. That's uh, and Dexter made it. It's not a don't do that, but Dexter made a funny comment. I'm not sure you saw of, uh, Evander Kane's tweet at Ryan Reeves. He did oh, say they that. should play. Yeah, they should play Ryan Reeves 20 minutes a night as punishment instead of suspending him. So yeah, that, that, that would be funny. that would be a little bit dangerous for Colorado, though. <laughs> I think. Uh, I can't believe I can't believe he's coming back in this series, though. Like that blows yeah. me away that he'll be back in Game Four. And if yeah. think about it, if if Colorado's up three nothing in this series, and maybe yeah. they're up four nothing, or even if it's like three one in game yeah. four, like Reeves is just going to be a literal danger to everyone on the ice at that point. Absolutely. So shoot, before we talk about the second round, which has now started, you want to talk about the first round real quick? How'd you do? Oh boy, it was a rough one, and uh, and I don't think I don't think I really had that many hot takes of picks. I think I picked. 
almost the favorite in most of my in most of my yeah. picks. Uh, but we look at it, and I have mine pulled up here. So I picked Toronto in a trick Toronto in five, which yep. I mean all, that almost happened, right? Yep. Like it wasn't that crazy. Um, who did you? What did you have in that one? Do you remember? I had Toronto in six or seven. I had Toronto for sure. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> the other one in the north, <laughs> I said, um, I said Edmonton in six. I thought I said Edmonton yes. in four, but on the bracket I put six. Um, but Winnipeg swept them, so zero for two on the north. Okay. You had Winnipeg. That was your. Uh, I did get Winnipeg. That yeah. was your win there. So uh, I'm up one nothing. Okay. So you're you got one. Uh, in the yep. in the East Division, I picked Pittsburgh in I, four. I went over. I went over. I did take Boston though. I took Boston in seven. Okay. The in seven was hoping it would go seven. I was pretty sure Boston would win, uh, but Boston took that one in five and uh, and pretty handily. Uh, okay, I so you add. got one out of two from the East, and I I went over because I took Pittsburgh Washington. So now we're both at one out of four so far. Okay, right. <laughs> so but we're then, tied. Then yeah. I go on a tear here. Central Division. I had Carolina yeah. in five. It was Carolina in six. Yep. Uh, I, I can't remember my games. Yeah, but I had Carolina as well. I had Tampa Bay in six over Florida, which I nailed to perfection. That is good. Yeah, I can't uh, remember my games, but I did have Tampa as well. Yeah. And then on the West, I had Colorado in four, which lots of people mm-hmm. thought I was crazy for. Nice. Nice. Yeah, no, that was <laughs> that wasn't close. Yeah. Uh, and then I had uh, I had Vegas in six, but it was Vegas in seven. Yeah. So we both went. I had Colorado and Vegas as well. So we both went. Five for eight. It's not brutal. That's over fifty percent. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did fine. And I mean the 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 Toronto Montreal series was an upset. You can't argue otherwise. Like it just was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the Islanders over Pittsburgh was an upset because uh, Pittsburgh yeah. was on an absolute tear to end the season. Um, yeah. And I think uh, I think Winnipeg over Edmonton was kind of an upset too. Uh, yeah. especially with the seasons that the season that Connor McDavid had, you know, he had a hundred points in 50 something games. That's crazy. It just, yeah. just didn't translate. Bigger disappointment to you, McDavid and Dreisaitl or Marner and Matthews. It's Toronto for sure. Toronto, yeah. the ex, you just look at expectations, right? This was like the, Toronto's in their window right now. Like they need to win now. Um, mm-hmm. Not 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 saying Edmonton isn't. I mean, they're old, right? Like lots of Edmonton. Like you look at like Smith and Koskinen and Net. Like they're you know they don't have a huge window ahead of them either. But Toronto was built better. Kyle Dubas has done a much better job. Toronto is yeah. Toronto is legitimately one of the best teams in the NHL. But in the playoffs, yeah. they I don't know how they have these demons that they can't get past. <laughs> But they've showed it again. I think it's by far the biggest disappointment because they, if they, let's say they take down Montreal uh, in a reasonable amount of games, they go into Winnipeg. They probably make fairly quick work of Winnipeg. I would say, mm-hmm. uh, if Connor Hellebuck doesn't, you know, go crazy, um, and then they're in the top four, right? And then you need to, you need to get lucky for a couple of series yeah. at, at worst, right? Yeah. Maybe you end up against like a Carolina. Well, then it's not crazy right. to think that Toronto could beat Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. Or even Pittsburgh, I think. I think Colorado again would wipe the floor with them. But maybe Colorado mm-hmm. runs into a team, right? Maybe Vegas gives them a hard time or something, right? I, yeah. Toronto. This was Toronto's best shot. They're in a terrible division. They yeah. had a free path to the final four, uh, and they blew it. Right. And I think you have for your second round. You have Colorado, Winnipeg, Boston. Am I right so far? Uh, yeah. So I have Colorado. Um, 
So I, I took Edmonton over Winnipeg, but in my video where I predicted the second round, I said yeah. if Montreal wins, then I think I'm taking Winnipeg. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, I, yeah, Colorado, Winnipeg, uh, Boston, and uh, Carolina. Okay, that's the only four. one we differ. I still, I still think Tampa will win that one. I'm not okay. too. I'm not cool. very confident in mine anymore. In that one, yeah, I, th- yeah. I th- still think Tampa Bay is probably going to win it. But my brackets is Carolina, so I'm taking Carolina. No, no, very good. And uh, our regular PSA to everyone out there: remember, there's no such thing as East and West conferences this year. Once we have our four division winners, they are reseeded in by point totals for the regular season. So depending on who else makes it we might see uh, a West versus West battle of Colorado versus Winnipeg or an East battle of Boston versus Tampa. Right. We got to figure it out. We got to see who, which four teams get through and see them one through four. And then one place four, two place three. And you, you, you go away from this talk of East and West conference for this one year only. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, while we're, while we're still talking about the playoffs, uh, I mean, we can sort yeah. of, we can sort of run through these series a little bit more in depth. We've got, so we got the Islanders in Boston that they had game two tonight. Uh, Casey yeah. Sezikis with the OT winner. Uh, yeah. pretty sweet goal, uh, from maybe not the, not the guy you'd expect to do it. But, um, after that first game, which, uh, which didn't look great for, for the Islanders, um, they yeah. come through and, and they tie the series up. Yeah. When we talked about last week, was it, it was us, right? Talking about how Islanders are kind of like a little, I don't know if we used the term boring, but they just kind of a lot of the same type of guys like the Brock Nelsons and Josh Bailey's of the world, right? They have a, they have so many, they have so many decent players, I think is sort of the safe thing to say, right? Like, like none of their, they don't have bad players, but they don't have like electric fun, good players, right? They have Barzell. um, But I mean, the rest of their team is just like, it's just a bunch of dudes, right? Like look at the guys who scored today, Josh (laughs) Bailey, Kyle Palmieri, JG Pajot and Casey Sezikis. Right. Yeah. Like you look at that and you say, okay, where's the star power here? Right. Uh, you compare that to the guys who, I mean, Bergeron and Marchand both scored for Boston today. Um, mm. that, that star power is such a difference. And even, even in net, right. You have Tuka Rask, who's been one of the best goalies in the league for the last, you know, five, 10 years. Uh, and you yep. compare that to the Islanders like, oh yeah, they got Varlamov and Sorokin. And yes. <laughs> it's like, they just have so many good players and right. you know, Credit where it's due, they're they're able to at least keep things close. Yeah, I think they're going to be plucky for sure and, and give the Bruins a, a good fight. But, you know, my original one, I had Pittsburgh over Washington, so I obviously have to redo that. Neither team made it. So I'll say Boston in seven. I can't remember what you said in your video. Yeah, I think I said in six probably. That okay. would be my guess. Okay. That's usually the safe. That's sort of the cop out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, where else are we here? So Carolina, Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa yeah. Bay took game one, two to one. Uh, yeah. was that yesterday? I guess that was yesterday. Um, yeah. and you know, I, Vasilevsky's so good. <laughs> he is. Carolina's good. I mean, Carolina's got good goaltending too, though. I mean, it, the problem is it's unproven, right? You got Alex Nedeljkovic, who was an absolute stud all season, right? He had like a nine thirty-two yep. this season or something crazy like that. Um, but he's only 25 and you, you compare that to Vasilevsky, who I think is only like 26 anyways, but he's been playing for a little bit longer and he's been, I mean, Vasilevsky's in his seventh year in the NHL and he's 26. That's crazy. crazy. Um, but I mean, he had a 925 this year and he's, he's just absurd. Um, it's going to be, a, it's going to be, there's so much firepower on these two teams i think like there's a lot of guys who can score but there's two really good guys who don't allow you to score at the same time so um both teams are at risk of getting goalied in this in this series i would say (laughs) yeah i just um you know 
argue if you want about the way they did it or if it was cap circumvention or whatever, but uh, I just don't know if Carolina has an answer for Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos uh, to a lesser extent. So I, um, I, I didn't even think about games. I know I've always picked Tampa, so I'll, I'll say Tampa in six. Yeah, I um I was talking to a friend of mine about about Kucherov and uh he yeah. watches Tampa Bay a lot more than I do and he was saying that Kucherov yeah. Kucherov clearly isn't the same player he was last year. Like clearly he's not a hundred hundred percent. He's just not okay. really skating, he's not really battling as much, he's sort of just a lot more stationary. Um yeah. and yeah, there's the whole cap circumvention argument, and I think it's like pretty clear that there's some shenanigans there. But if it's legal in the rule book, they have every right to do it. And we can be angry yep. about it, and I am kind of angry about it. Um, but I'm more angry at the, at the system than the man, mm. you know, it's <laughs> sort of the, sure. the way I'd go with it. So you got Carolina in how many? Um, I guess seven. <laughs> it's the only, okay. uh, but sure. I, in reality, I think it's going to be Tampa Bay in like five or six, yeah. but, uh, by the way, in the chat, make sure you guys are typing out your predictions as we go catch absolutely. up with us. We did, uh, we did the East first and we both have Boston winning in six and seven. And then for the Central, uh, Parker's got Carolina, and I have Tampa. Let's save the North for last. So let's go to the West. Does Vegas um, win any games? No. no, they don't. Really? You're calling a sweep? Yeah. I wow. am. Wow. Uh, I it's it's going to take Flurry having a having a miracle night. Uh, I like look. I mean, it's so easy. Like it's like the odds are that Vegas wins one game, right? Like let's yeah, be real. Yeah. Like it's like sweeps are hard. But I, I, I don't see the path to victory here, right? Like, mm-hmm. like the Colorado has one of the best assembled defenses in the NHL somehow, and it's a bunch of guys that you really hadn't heard of before, like two years ago, yeah, um, like 20, Devon, Devon Taves, yeah. uh, Sam Gerrard, right? Like, no, these yeah. guys weren't like super high pedigree, and they're out here being uh, elite players. Uh, yeah. And up front, you've got currently the best player left in the NHL. Uh, the best yep. playoff player left in the NHL. Nathan McKinnon looks like he can just do whatever he wants. Like there's yes. nothing, there's nothing. Stop. You saw his, his goal to make it. What was it? The goal that made six, one, six, one. Yeah. Like he just, he Ridiculous. just decided to score. I, I saw, I yep. saw a good post and I was like, yeah, it's like the guy in beer league. Who's two divisions too low in a close game. <laughs> and he's like, all right, I'll just go. I'll just go score one real quick for you guys. And it, yeah, he just chose that, to. He's like, "Yep, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go get one here. I'm going to go finish my hat trick off, yeah. or whatever it was. Uh, I guess it was only a second right. goal, but sure, you know, it's it's ridiculous." So you're saying abs and four? I'm saying abs and four. Okay, I'll say abs and five. I'll say abs and five. How generous of you! <laughs> oh, hey, <laughs> I, I'm a good guy. <laughs> and again, all right, I'll Vegas, go first for Winnipeg. Oh, sorry, go I ahead. was going to say Vegas is a team I'm so happy to see lose. By the way, <laughs> but you're not the only one. I think yeah, just incredible would agree with you. Okay, for Winnipeg and Montreal. I do not see this going seven. And given that, why not? They, they're rested. They swept. Um, I'm going Winnipeg in six. Interesting. I think I saw a stat, or my, my buddy told me about a stat, and I don't know how true it is. I didn't look it up. But uh, almost always the team who comes off the sweep playing a team who just played a game seven loses. Um, wow. Don't know, don't know if that's true or not. Uh, okay. So don't crucify me on that. Don't. But I think... Um, <laughs> I this is a this is an interesting one because yes Winnipeg's rested, uh, yeah. Both of these teams are so similar to me, and I think it's just because I look at who their best player is, and both of their best players are in their nets, right? Yeah. Uh, Connor yeah. Hellebuck, one of the best goalies in the NHL, 
Carey Price, one of the best clutch goalies in the NHL, right? You want playoffs, yeah. you want Olympics, you want any elimination game. They showed his stats for elimination games, uh, including Olympics. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, so I I just see this being a, a goaltending duel. Um, I think I'm going to go... I mean, I said I'm going Winnipeg, so I think I'm going to stick with that. I can yeah. see this. I hope this one goes seven. Um, I yeah. could see it going seven. The thing about going seven... I think six is always more likely than seven, but seven's more fun. Yeah. So I'm going to take, uh, cool. I'll take Winnipeg at seven. So we agree on Winnipeg, Colorado, and Boston. The only division we d- differ is Central. You have Carolina and I have Tampa. Mm-hmm. So yeah, someone's going to do one game, one, you know, one point better than the other one. So that's good. This will be fun. Perfect. All right. We are at the point where we've pretty much talked about all of our topics and there's about 12 <laughs> minutes left. Um, so if you guys have any ideas on what you guys want us to talk about, of course, we want to make this as interactive as possible. We see all of you guys leaving great predictions in the chat, um, yeah. which is awesome to see. We'll, of course, read through those later, as we always do. Uh, McKinnon was going 48 kilometers an hour on his sixth goal. Yeah, I heard about that. That's, yeah, abs- that's absurd. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, if there's any topics that we've sort of glossed over or we've missed uh, from this last week, again, we sort of just convene and, and try to remember everything that happened over the last week sometimes. <laughs> uh, so sometimes we miss stuff. But if there's anything you want us to hit on, that would be great. And while you're here, hit the like button. That's always fun. And subscribe if you haven't already. Yes. Lucas asked, could the Islanders upset the Bruins? I think we talked about it. they can, but we both don't predict it to be so. Yeah, I, I'm sure they could. Uh, and yeah. I, I, again, it wouldn't be wouldn't be super crazy. I don't think it will happen. But most people don't yeah. think upsets will happen before they do. So yeah, yeah um, not true. So I, I mean, it's totally possible. But I don't think it's. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the odds are crazy high. I agree with you. One. Fangirl says thoughts on the possibility of Vertanen playing the AHL next season. I think if anything, if he doesn't play in the AHL, I think he goes overseas. Yep. and makes way more money. That's basically because the AHL. Yeah, HL, you're still connected to, a, to a an club. HL pro team. Yeah, you got it. And Good. and he doesn't he doesn't have the skill to make it worth it, right? He doesn't like to right. make it worth a team's trouble uh, to keep him in the HL. So he'll go Great to point. he'll probably go to Russia, if anything. Um, yep. A couple of good questions here. I don't know which one we want to go to first. Tyler Grayevac. I like this question. Do you think Tyler Grayevac could be a fourth line center? Is he worth bringing back next year? Uh, from money says yes, right? We can. I'm sure we'll sign him for a million bucks or whatever. I, I have to see a bit more. I think he started off really well, got a couple goals, um, greasy goals, but I'm not convinced yet. But I don't. I, I like his attitude. I really liked his his last couple of weeks of the season. Uh, he actually mm-hmm. showed some flash. He had um, the one goal where he scored from below the goal line. Where I did a I did a breakdown on that play on my channel and I was like he literally he literally wins the face off forward goes inside out on a defenseman takes it around him sees that and I don't know if he actually saw this but basically his two best options were uh, pass it in front or play it to the far defenseman who is wide open but if you mm-hmm. shoot from the far corner on a sharp angle if you see a gap well if you miss the gap it's going to go around the boards to your far defenseman anyways. So it just made a ton of sense to shoot there, and he did, and he found the goalie's mask, and it went in. Um, I think I think he's got some of the IQ there. I think, uh, you know, I'm not saying he's going to, he's like 26 years old, 28 years old, something like that. He's not going to be like a star or anything, but I think, you know, he's shown that he's going to put the work in, and uh, I wouldn't hate mm-hmm. to see him back. So if he's your fourth line center, who's your third line center? Uh, anyone else that isn't on the team right now. 
I, it's it's got to be external. I, I don't see. I just don't see that hole being filled from the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's um, fair. Lucas is wondering about the AHL. Um, we haven't done a ton of research on the opponents. Um, I know they're they're going to be in that same division as the rest of the California teams, uh, mm-hmm. which is going to make travel interesting. It's going to mean some flying. It's going to cost some money. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, I I haven't done a ton of research on that. It's probably something I'll make a video on as we get closer to the to the new year, new season. Right. And and I probably won't even make a video on it. I'll just share yours. Okay. Good. I'll take so it. So I, I know Luke, Lucas is a big uh, AHL guy, and we could probably hit him up for some from sure. some Abbotsford facts for sure. Cyrus, I like this. Um, so I asked you, what position should we draft in the first round? So let's say, let's say it's all equal. Best player available, it's equal. You have a choice between a defenseman and a forward. What uh, are you choosing? If if everything, everything, everything is equal, um, yeah. I, I have two. I have two sides on this. One, you take the defenseman every time if they're equal. Uh, defensemen mm-hmm. are more valuable than like a winger, um, yeah. and the Canucks have enough centers that are high end. Uh, you can always use more defensemen. Uh, and look at Colorado uh, and their sort of defensive core. However, the impatient person in me is thinking, well, a winger can play this year and a defenseman might need another year. And I want to see this yeah. player now. Um, yeah. But in reality, if everything else is equal, you take the defenseman nine times out of ten. Yeah, I opinion. agree with you, especially when you look at our D um, after Hughes and Rathbone, you drop down to Jet Wu, who may or may not stick as a third pairing guy. Yeah, maybe two or three years away. So we're not that deep on on D for sure. Yeah, it uh it needs some work on the back end. Um, Justin, a good a good uh, question here. Hearing the rest of the Canucks coaching staff expected to res- return, what are our thoughts on that? Because um, I guess there was the news that came out uh, today uh, saying most of the Canuck or all of the Canucks coaching staff expected to return, but they might add an assistant coach to the bench as well. Yeah, so let's talk about the guys that they do have. We have a Newell Brown who coaches basically the forwards and then the power play. Then you have Nolan Baumgartner who coaches the D and that's the penalty kill. Huh. You know, Newell, our power play struggled, looked predictable, looked static at times, of course, me, missing PD. But this was the same power play that was fourth overall in the league just one year ago. Hmm. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I was just going to say, I... I don't like the power play structure. Um, yeah. My problem is not with the drop pass, like everyone else's seems to be, because every team everyone in the that. NHL uses yeah. it, because it's very yeah. useful if done right. Um, is he, Are they doing it right? That's another discussion. Um, <laughs> but it is the staticness. And again, you look at the, the, the high firepower power plays around the league, right? The Edmonton, Colorado, teams like that, Tampa. They move, right? They're skating. They keep things moving. The Canucks are yeah. a very typical, it's like we got an umbrella, we keep passing it around the top until something opens up or maybe Horvat's open in the middle. And that's it. Mm-hmm. It's so predictable. Uh, it takes 40 seconds to open up a scoring opportunity because finally someone <laughs> loses their man on their passing. But if you're moving, you know, I mean, the Sedins, you know, mastered the cycle and that's just constant moving around, right? You're, you're, you're forcing people to keep track of their guy and switching guys. And the more chaos you can cause on the power play, yeah. um, controlled chaos, uh, the better. So power play wise, don't love uh, the current power play now. Could the Sedins help on the power play? That would be an interesting discussion as well, considering how much they dominated. Uh, but that's my thoughts on at least Newell Brown. No, that's fair. Um, 
Yeah, I I don't have strong thoughts on him either way. I actually don't mind Baumgartner on the blue because the Canucks penalty kill was when they are healthy, it's pretty good. I like mm-hmm. their structure. Um, the, the D, I thought um, when Hamannick and 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 Schmidt basically came into their own uh, about a couple months in the season. I thought the D, especially when we were winning games in March before the COVID outbreak, it looked outstanding. And Thatcher Demko had a, a, a huge part in that. So I don't mind Baumgartner, actually. I, um, I, I would bring him back. If I had to pick one, I'd probably pick Baumgartner over Brown. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, yeah. I don't know a ton about like how much how much impact assistant coaches have, right? We look at, you know, he coaches the defense and the Canucks defense has troubles, but is that a personnel thing? Is that a coaching thing? That's so hard to tell, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, you, to really get a good sample, you'd have to find someone who played elsewhere and then came here like a Nate Schmidt, who I thought was better defensively than he used to be, but was probably worse offensively um, than normal and had seven pucks go in off of him. Unfortunately, Yeah, no. So, and then I, uh, as a follow up to this, C edits was asking about the possibility of replacing Manny Maholtra's job, which was never replaced. Kind of what you mentioned, just a, another coach and yep. assistant coach, as opposed to one of the two associates that are on the bench itself, but rather whether upstairs in the booth or who knows. Yep. More voices yeah, he, is better. Yeah. Usually. Especially when you see Manny and, and Alex Burroughs kind of coaching against each other. That was kind of cool today. Yeah, it was neat. Um, yeah. Another one, uh, I got, there's so many that I want to, uh, want to talk about, but, uh, another one from Seattle, it's talking about, uh, Seth Jones. This is an interesting discussion that's sort of come around lately. Um, is Seth Jones worth going after? I want your thoughts on Seth Jones before I go off. Here. Sure. Um, I, you know, good mobile, great, you know, tough defenseman, right shot, all those things that you want. But I wouldn't trade for him if he's going to be a UFA in a year. Now, granted, we, we, have, a, we have some money coming off the books in, at the end of next season with, with Holtby, Beagle, Erickson, Roussel, to name four right off the bat. There's 18 to 20 million right there. So I wouldn't want to give up prospects, picks, and a players, which I think it would take to get Seth Jones now. But I, I get the fact that if in a trade, you're the only team that you have to worry about versus uh, free agency, then you're, you're going against half a dozen, dozen other teams. So I would like him on the team, but I, I don't know if we have the assets to, to, to move to get him prior to him becoming a UFA. And then what, if he hits UFA, then all bets are off. Yeah, uh, he's not. I, in my opinion, it's even if you could trade the assets and then just secure him to an extension and be like, okay, we have him locked yep. in. There is no way he's going to live up to any contract that he signs, in my opinion. <laughs> I think sure. I think he's just a I think it's a disaster of a contract waiting to happen. Uh yes, he's been excellent the last couple of years. This year not so much. Uh mm-hmm. everything analytically, every single analytics based metric you look at Seth Jones at, he's terrible. Don't know why. Mm. Could be, you know, I'm sure part of it is the team he plays for, although usually they try to account for that. But almost everything when it looks at play driving and actual on-ice impact, uh, usually not very good. Now, would I love to see him <laughs> playing with Quinn Hughes? Sure. Would I love yeah. to see him playing with Quinn Hughes and both of them combined making $17 million a year? Maybe not. No, that's a little yeah. scary. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's, that's 20% of our cap. Don't do that. Don't do that. No. So yeah, don't do that. I'm, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm on the stay away from Seth Jones trade or train. No, no yeah. Seth Jones. No, you articulated that well. And I, I think, uh, 
Yeah, he's he's kind of at that age where he's next UFA contract. You're right. This is a it could be disaster waiting to happen. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Wow, so many of you guys uh, asking questions, and we're almost out of time here. Clay, yeah, bring us another one. <laughs> okay, um, let's do this one. Um, I I think we talked about it very quickly last week, but I I would just love your thoughts. Um, do you try Miller as a third center? Yeah, Jason Bruff talked about this on a broadcast two or three weeks ago. Uh, I don't think so. I like the yeah. idea of having three really good lines. The problem is you wouldn't have three really good lines because you have no supporting cast left for the second or yeah. third lines, right? Um, there's just there. If you have more firepower, right? If you maybe if you brought in two or three more really good wingers and you could start yeah. to sort of like spread the wealth along uh, among you know your top three lines then i could see it and then you're still playing miller you know then you have three lines that you play each of them like 17 minutes a night and then your fourth line plays nine uh because yeah. you know they're just out there to kill time uh the the canucks don't have the the skill they don't have the firepower to do that right now though i don't think i think it would yeah. just hinder the top uh, sets too much. I agree with you. And especially as much as JT Miller says, I feel more involved in the middle. I feel more engaged in the middle. I feel like I, I make more of a difference in the middle. Yeah. But that's going to be at the risk uh, of, of poor wingers. Cause then you, who's that leave you with on the wing, basically Besser and Hoglander and maybe Pearson and a bit of Paul Coles. And that's, that's not enough. So yeah, I'd rather see him load, load up the top line, that lot of line when they're good, they are good. Yeah. Uh, so why not put him where he's strong? He can still kill penalties as he's done. He'd still be on the power play, still be a leader, all those things. But yeah, I, I agree with you. And I agree with a lot of people in the chat that I would keep him on the top line and keep that lot of yeah. line together. I think you yep. I think you need to for sure. You need to the Canucks are they, they need goals as it is. Uh, and I think <laughs> I think taking taking firepower away cannot help uh, right. at that point. So are we gonna commit then if the Canucks win one of the two lotteries? We'll jump on at 10 o'clock on Wednesday night. Is that is that a deal? Yes, and I will be live during the draft lottery for one. Awesome. Because why not? I got nothing better to do. So Wednesday, whenever the draft lottery is, I'll look it up. It's probably like yeah, 4 3 p.m. or 4. 4 p.m. Yeah, 4 o'clock. Yeah. Okay, I'll be live for that. So if you want to hang out, you can do that. And yeah, if the Canucks get one of the top two spots, which the odds aren't super high, but we can dream, mm-hmm. uh, we will have a Canucks After Dark at 10 p.m. on Wednesday if that happens we can we can hope because <laughs> yes. that would be sweet uh then we could talk about uh you know the owen powers of the world uh and guys like that yeah i got 48 hours to look some guys up so uh, i'll do that yeah well uh well you'll have a few <laughs> hours after the draft lottery if uh if oh that's true be. too okay <laughs> otherwise i don't have to that's true okay mm. <laughs> anyways sorry to everyone whose questions we missed there were actually so many more questions than we expected uh, which was great. Uh, keep them for next week. Uh, we will uh, we'll need more of your input as we go on, I'm sure, as we get deeper and deeper into the offseason. Um, but this was a lot of fun, as always. Uh, all of you watching, if you missed any part of the show, you can rewind to the beginning. We're on YouTube. It's that easy. And if you're listening, uh, or if you know you want to listen on your way to work tomorrow, or you're at the gym, do whatever, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, literally whichever podcast platform you choose that you use. It's there. So just search Canucks After Dark uh, and come hang out and, and listen to the show there. Uh, and yeah, go leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Leave a like on the podcast here or on the YouTube video here. Uh, Clay, any parting words here? Yeah, well, I think it's time that we get some uh, good hockey 
draft lottery juju. I'm not sure what juju is, but I, I think we should get some of it. And it would be amazing if we did indeed, uh, you know, win one of the two lotteries and move up to first or second. Can't complain about that. Canucks luck would dictate that two teams from below us pass us and we pick 11th. But maybe we just, uh, maybe maybe things work out for us. I'm not sure who's going to represent us. Maybe it should be one of us, but maybe that's a little too late for now. I have, but uh, I have the perfect scenario. Okay, let's hear it. Arizona wins the draft lottery. Some but other team, pick, right? some other team wins second. They then have okay. to redraw the first pick, and then the Canucks get it. Okay, that would be hilarious. Again, maximum chaos, right? <laughs> let's see yeah. Arizona have to have forfeit the first pick. Be excellent. So, so they're still like I, I understand that they had their pick uh, taken, but they're still technically in the lottery because of the odds. Is that correct? yeah? Because there's still the one thousand and one okay. combinations to make the odds yeah. easy to re to distribute. Yeah. And basically, if they if one of their uh, combos gets pulled, run it back, yeah. and then uh, they'll try again. Okay. Anyways, I'm with thank, that. Thank you everyone for watching. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. As always, we'll be back with more next Monday, of course. And if you want to stay up to date with us, uh, all of our stuff is linked in the description. Uh, I've got my Twitters right here. His Twitters are all over there. Uh, YouTube, all that stuff. You guys, you guys know how the internet works at this point. Uh, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Uh, and yeah, we'll see you next week.